Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents... For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. On the show today, I've got Brigitte King. She joined Colgate in 2020 as their chief digital officer. She leads global digital organization, which includes digital marketing, digital commerce, media, measurement, CRM, digital solutions, and capabilities to accelerate Colgate-Palmolive's digital transformation. Prior to Colgate, Brigitte was chief consumer officer for Calvin Klein and executive vice president for North America Digital Operations for the parent company, PVH Corp. Before that, she spent 13 years at L'Oreal, progressing through increasing senior roles, including vice president, deputy general manager and was L'Oreal's Chief Consumer Officer in the USA and America's region. On the show today, we talk about how she's been driving digital transformation and transformation of the business at Colgate-Palmolive, how and what type of data she believes in using to drive the transformations, how to bring people along for all that change, and much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brigitte King. Brigitte, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Alan. 
Well, we have to start with something personal. And there was this interesting fact about you. You were born in Brazil, but somehow ended up doing ski competitions. I, in my mind, I just can't put those two things together. So help me, help me out. How, how did you end up doing skiing having grown or born, being born in Brazil? No, absolutely. I know it's a it's a quite unlikely combination, as you point out. But I was actually born in Brazil in São Paulo, and I grew up overseas. And I spent a lot of my school years, uh, nine years exactly, in France. Um, and that is where I also competed in ski racing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I feel like it's almost the the similar situation of the Jamaica bobsledding team or something. <laughs> you know, like, uh, in my mind, that's I was like, what? Okay. That's cool. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. So you definitely, I mean, you've got a truly global perspective then from an early, early age. Yes, absolutely. And I was lucky in the sense that I think it's benefited me now in my career, having moved around so much and experienced different cultures and languages. I lived in Spain. I went to boarding school in England. Then I moved to the States. So I've had a very multicultural experience in my life. I have to tell you, it was not always easy moving around when you're young. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it sounds more glamorous than it actually is sometimes. But I certainly do appreciate the worldview and kind of the experiences I had along the way. They definitely help in my perspective today. Awesome. Well, today you're uh, Chief Digital Officer at Colgate Palmolive. What was the pathway? Like, where did you get your start? And what was some of the stops along the way? Sure. I mean, I, I think I would start by saying that early on in my career, I was traditionally trained in marketing and packaged goods. Um, I held marketing roles at L'Oreal, PBH, Cal Brands, all large multinational companies. And they fundamentally formed my training and knowledge of the business. And an interesting tidbit and quite relevant, of course, is that I actually first did my marketing training program at Colgate Palmolive itself. So very <laughs> foundational training that I'm lucky enough to be back in that company. That's it's like full circle. Yeah, full circle. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Well, how did you, being a traditional marketer and now chief digital officer, how did you make that pivot? And it's not really a pivot, I guess, in some respects, but like, where did digital come into play? Sure. I, I actually do think it was a pivot, Alan. You know, you're classically trained, you're working on brands, you're learning all the principles, right, around brand mm -hmm. building. And those are really fundamentals. Uh, you're you're really exposed to all aspects of new product development, PL management, making sure you understand how the factory lines work for your products. All of those things are really important fund fundamentals. But I was was also lucky enough to pivot to digital when it was very first emerging. And I'm talking without dating myself, right? Back in the time where we were just as an industry launching and developing our first D2C e-commerce sites. We were just as an industry thinking about what a database of consumer data could look like to help build mm. brands. So I was lucky enough to pioneer in this arena and really put my put my hands deep in the field and learn as I went and partner with agencies, vendors, tech companies to kind of do those things that were fundamentally new and incremental to classic packaged goods. Through it all, I will tell you that I leveraged those roots, right? I've been a P&L owner, I've been a brand marketer, and the way I approach a lot of the technologies, techniques, and digital domains is I always try to think about how they're going to be able to help the business and drive brand growth. Because at the end of the day, that's the business we're in. Yeah, 
No, smart. <laughs> well, many people, I'm sure they're listening to this, know brands that Colgate Palmolive makes. I mean, there's two big ones in the name of the corporate entity itself, Colgate and Palmolive. But can you give me an update on like the business and the brands that you guys have in your portfolio? Sure. I'll start with uh, the fact that we have a very big and purposeful mission. It's about reimagining a healthier future for all people, their pets, and our planet. Um, that's our mission. And personally, our digital transformation and our teams around the world all play a key role in enabling us to meet that mission and vision, if you will. And we're doing it through an incredible plethora of brands, brands that I'm so proud to work on. Of course, Hills Pet. Of course, as you said, Colgate slash Palmolive, two mega brands in our name. But we also have brands like Fabuloso, Household Cleaner Brands, Murphy's also. We have incredible skin health brands, PCA Skin, Alorga, Elta MD. I mean, absolutely mm. a beautiful roster of brands that all have this potential for growth and certainly an opportunity to leverage digital in their marketing next today. I love it. And I mean, the landscape for the fast moving consumer goods or CPG industry is pretty dynamic. And uh, how has Colgate Palmolive adjusted to meet those consumers where they are? Well, look, I think we are absolutely focused on the fact that we are trying to do fully connected, full funnel marketing in new and different ways than we did before. And that means being very fluent on the aspects of physical distribution and selling principles, but equally fluent on digital aspects of selling and finding yourself in the digital shelf and leveraging search and digital data to really build these brands to everything that they can be. So it's it's a balance, but it's also an acknowledgement that today's marketing is significantly different and requires different skill sets than the traditional four Ps. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, and, and I saw a stat somewhere, I, I can't quite remember where it came from, but something around the aspects of like 81% of US consumers are omni-channel shoppers today. So it feels like, to your point, around the physical and the digital, it has to be both. <laughs> Absolutely. Be. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that, that we're all realizing is it's more important now than ever to know where our consumers are spending their time, where we can reach them, where we can gain their attention, and where we can make ourselves most relevant to them. And the job of a marketer today is to create a seamless shopper journey across channels. That is easy to say, and that is very hard to do. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the transformation that you've been driving. And in general, you've done this a couple places, I believe, now too. So you know, don't have to necessarily just stick to Colgate Pomalo. But when you think about driving transformation, like what are the key ingredients to make it work? I mean, they certainly all have a different spin. I will tell you that. And I think one of the things that you have to do early on in any job, quite frankly, in any transformation is you have to be willing to listen and learn for a while. You need to really understand where your company is, what where the focal areas are, where you think the quickest wins will be for the company and where the deep transformations need to take effect. And that will be unique, right? Depending on mm -hmm. the business model, the company footprint, its level of maturity, et cetera. At Colgate Palmolive, I think we have done a really great job of stating our vision and mission. And then as an outcome of that, being really focused on our strategic plan as mm. an operating unit to say, this is, this is how we're going to enable that larger vision to take place. And in digital, you know, we've declared our digital transformation goals on a page. And we're very clear about what we're going to do in digital marketing, what we're going to do in digital commerce, what we're going to do with digital data to advance 
our business. And that that's a really important thing that you do only after you've listened and learned to where the business is and what they need from you. I think the exciting thing for Colgate Palmolive is we're now all quite aware and extremely upskilled and we're using digital to connect, to market, to reach and engage consumers on a whole new level. And that's having a real positive impact on our business, on the ROI of our brands and on the people that we're targeting and reaching effectively. So it's very satisfying. But again, we're three years in, so I'm past the year one stage, which is usually always the hardest. And it's been very exciting. We've been recognized also for some of this work from external benchmarks. And that that makes it feel very real and very tangible for us. And I can speak about that a little bit more if you want. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear like some of the accolades, I guess, that you've got. But before we do that, or maybe in concert with that, I, you know, putting the declaring, I think what you said, declaring your digital ambition, I'm putting that on a page. I think it also codifies your your peers and company overall and having that greater alignment I mean, has to be one of the big ingredients when you're just getting started. Absolutely. I think, you know, like like any strategy, it's really important to articulate it simply and clearly. Mm-hmm. I think to your point, what is that famous phrase? Execution eats strategy for lunch. Right? Yes, something like, yeah, yeah. That's very true anywhere. So the more you can refine and articulate your strategy to really unite the vision and bring literally thousands of people together whether it be virtually or physically, to understand where we're going and help drive that transformation, that's a cultural shift as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not just a business shift. It's a change in the way we work. It's a change in the way we collaborate. It's a change in the demands for agility and skill. And what's super exciting is Colgate has been an amazingly fast-paced change agent on these, on these fronts. And it's re- very exciting to see because that's not the case everywhere. And we have teams hungry to upskill themselves, eager to contribute at a high level and find new ways to solve problems. And that's been a huge asset for the Colgate Palmolive company as I've driven this transformation. And I'm lucky to have the teams I do around me um, really kind of focused on helping us execute that vision around the world. And it's a global company. So, you know, it does get more challenging as you're in different markets with different conditions and different pools of budgets, et cetera. That's awesome. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And before I forget, the external acknowledgments, I guess, of, of what you guys are driving, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. Look, we started with um, a very important effort around digital upskilling. And Colgate has a learning and development 
department and really partnered with the Global Digital Organization early on to create this upskilling program for our employees worldwide. And we did that for like a baseline training for everyone but then also practitioner level, more subject matter expert trainings. And this kind of comprehensive series and investment, quite frankly, from the company to its employees really changed the game in terms of leveling up the organization, embedding digital into everything that we do, and having mutual understanding of these new techniques and principles that we're trying to leverage to grow our brands. So that was the first thing, heavy investment, absolutely amazing results on upscaling huge population groups within our company. And that's internal. Externally, it's also very important when you're driving a digital transformation to benchmark yourself. Mm. And you have to do that looking at your peers. You have to do that with what I call objective third-party neutral data. So you can really lay down where are you along the path and where do you need to go. And we did a benchmarking survey um, with a leading international management consulting practice. And we laid down exactly where we were. And this is, again, third party, right, against pure group benchmarks around data-driven marketing Mm -hmm. and digital. And over the past two years, what's been exciting is we re-benchmarked ourselves over that two-year period from where we started to where we are now. And this management consulting practice basically came back and said, wow, you moved the needle. Colgate moved actually faster and more consistently across all the dimensions of digital and data-driven marketing than our industry peers. And that was a super exciting moment because it's the payoff, right, of the upskilling, the Mm. payoff of the people and the teamwork required, and fundamentally, the drivers of the new techniques in digital that you are now leveraging day-to-day to drive your brand growth. And so it's a payoff moment, but it also showcases that you can take a very large, complex organization and you can move the needle on its ability to target consumers effectively, measure the ROI on everything that we do, make sure that we're automating in the business where we need to, and make sure that we're collaborating on a whole new level to do full funnel marketing. So Um, it's been very rewarding to to see that happen at Colgate. That's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge accomplishment because you've got to do it, like you said, not only faster, but more consistently across all those dimensions. That's a big, a big win. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say that, of course, it takes the traditional expression. It takes a village, but it really does. Um, We have incredible digital transformation leads in all our regions that partner with us to do this on the ground. We have, of course, partnership with our agency to really pull this through and forward. So there's a lot of people involved in this. I do want to always say that it takes a team, it takes a village. (laughs) And I have amazing subject matter experts in my team around me that that really propel me every day to do better and do more. It's it's still a lot of orchestration to make that all happen. So (laughs) so don't don't sell yourself short. (laughs) No, the one one thing I say to my team when I'm joking around with them, I say, you know, just remember digital transformations are never for the faint of heart. (laughs) You need a ton of resilience. You need a ton of stamina. You need a really focused agenda. Um, These things are very hard to pull off. Awesome. Well, I'm curious. I mean, data has to be a core component of any transformation. How does the type and the use of that data help propel a new operating model, if you will? So I'm, I'm a big fan of data. You know, when I was pioneering digital years ago and I built my first CRM database, mm-hmm. I was absolutely enthralled by the power of first party data, what it was, what it could do, how to think about it, how to analyze it, slice it, learn from it, 
derive insights off of it and then actually use it back in the pipeline, right? To create Mm -hmm. real business building activations. So I've been a fan of first party data for a long time. Now, that being said, today, right? We all know that data is the oil and data is going to be a key part of any transformation for a company. The question is, what data do you need? Mm-hmm. How do you get that data? And how do you also do that in a compliant and safe way? And that's incredibly important. So we take that really seriously. We've spent time and energy solving for prioritizing our data strategy. And then, of course, data safety. But ultimately, if you are looking to do personalized relevant marketing, you are going to need data. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very true. And one follow-up question on data, because there seems to be, to your point, like data is the new oil. I totally agree. But it's also, it feels like we're land grabbing data as a industry. And I don't know that we really need all the data that we're trying to collect. That makes sense. It does. It does, Alan. I think you're absolutely right about that. It's true. You don't want to land grab data. I believe there are two principles to keep in mind. One, mm-hmm. Do not ask the consumer for any data from them that you don't intend to use wisely. Mm. There's no reason to ask them to fill out a survey of 50 attributes if you only need two. So you really have to respect the consumer and, of course, the privacy rules around this. But importantly, only gather what's relevant to your business. That's really a principle. And second, just the principles behind CRM, right, consumer relationship management, Mm -hmm. very much dictate that it's quality over quantity. Yes, you can set ambitious goals for how much you need, right, to even be able to scale or do something worthwhile. You have to get past an N equals one base. But at the same time, and the team has kept me very focused on this, quality is often more important than just pure quantity. So to your point, don't do the land grab, but be clear on what you need and why. I love it. I love it. Well, we've talked a lot already about how people fit into this journey and transformation through the training that you talked about earlier. But any advice you might give to people approaching transformation and driving it and how to, uh, how to, you know, how to introduce it to people at large, if you will? Sure. I think that you, you have to, again, as I said in the beginning, listen and learn carefully, right? You need to understand where the maturity level is. You've also got to understand the appetite for change. And even though in some companies it might seem low or it might seem medium or high, you need to figure out where can you add value most quickly Mm. to allow the acceleration to continue. That's a really important step I think people miss. They come in with their agenda of how they think it works. I will tell you, I've had to adapt my agenda every single time differently Mm. because the conditions are different and the requirements for success are often quite different. Um, So you have to really look at things carefully and say, okay, let's say uh, to be concrete, right? For your audience. Yeah. Do I go after D to C in this business model? Is it big enough, important enough? Does it have the the return on investment, the profitability the company needs, wants right now? Or no, do I focus on media efficiency and effectiveness? Because that's where we spend a lot of our money and where there might be opportunities Mm. um, for for more wins and more, more efficiency. There, I have done... I have made choices very differently. One in D2C, when there was one company where I was like, this is where I have to go next. Mm-hmm. And then completely differently on media in another company. And so that's the advice I would give, right? Really look at the business model carefully before you lay down your strategy and where you're going to make your first focus moves. I really love that idea. I mean, I talked to a, a number of CMOs, obviously on the, on the podcast, but in general, in my in day-to-day work. And it is picking the right lever to your point, like, where do I start 
this effort. And I love the notion that you just said, which is, you know, add value quickly to ultimately accelerate momentum. And I would add, like, get that flywheel moving, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's so the true. hardest part, <laughs> it feels like. It is. And, and, you know, you have to, one of the things I would say is you have to be willing to pivot if you're not going in the right direction. Yes. And, and I wish I could tell you that there is a playbook that everyone can just take from this. And there isn't. There isn't one cookie cutter lay down strategy or playbook. That's why I think chief digital officers today, they they have to be so well-versed in all the different arenas because you might have to pick a different lever, to your point. Mm. You, you have to know enough about each domain to be able to say, okay, this company is really going to need to double down on search versus mm. this company is really going to need to leverage a social strategy to get where they want to go. These are very different things. Mm -hmm. And yes, many companies have to do a bit of all of the above. But I think when you lay down your strategy, if you're listening carefully and you're looking and benchmarking where you are, you can probably pick the first two or three that get you the momentum to accelerate. Mm, I love it. love it. Every time I hear the word pivot, I don't know if you're a friend's watcher back in the day, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Ross was trying to move his couch up the, up the stairs and just yeah, keeps yeah. yelling, pivot, pivot. Uh, <laughs> so, I can see the scene in my head that you're describing yeah. right now. Yes. And I probably, I probably felt like that person carrying the couch up the mountain, <laughs> by the way. You, you do feel like when you're doing these transformations, you're carrying the proverbial water up a hill, right? Yes. Sometimes without a bucket. Yeah. And I think when you talk about the friends thing, it's the same thing, right? Carrying the couch up the stairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling up ahead, pivot, pivot. Yeah. So, uh, it, it cracks me up every time. Me and my wife talk about it all the time That's as well. Funny. So, um, well, I've loved learning a little bit about like the journey you've been on and, and some of the tips and advice that you offer others. One thing we like to do on the show is to get to know you a little bit better. We know you are a global uh, citizen of the of the world and uh, also enjoy skiing. But I'm curious, my favorite question to ask everyone on the show is what experience of your past defines or makes up who you are today? Oh my gosh, I, I actually have a hard time answering that because I think <laughs> of so many experiences. Yeah. I think about, you know, tough choices I've had to make, both in my personal and professional life. And I think that I would probably, instead of zeroing in on one experience, I would tell you that what I've come to learn is that all of these experiences clearly make up who you are today. And what I've welcomed is the fact that even in the toughest moments, I've come out with more resilience than I ever thought possible. Mm. So I would more look at it through the lens of all these different experience, both in experiences, both in your professional and personal life, which we all go through all of them, look back on them more for what they brought you versus what they took away from you. And I think that's an important lesson um, because I think there's there's a lot out there today that defines and makes up who people become. And I think that's that's kind of a, a way I'd answer you on that one. I, I, I love that answer. And it reminds me, somebody that's leading transformations have to be great athletes. And you hear many athletes say the same thing. It's It's not about what the pitfalls or the failures of the past, but like, what did I learn from it? How do I improve? How do I move forward? That kind of forward leaning stance, if you will. So very, yeah, just very like skiing when you're getting ready for a race, right? You're like yeah. forward leaning right before that, yeah. that sound goes off and you take yeah. off. You're like leaning forward and uh, you don't know if you're going to fall, right? That's a huge right. part of it. But if you fall, you get back up. I love it. Well, what advice would you give your younger self if you're starting this all over again? 
Oh, that's one of my favorite questions. I would definitely say I would give my younger self advice to just be more confident. Mm. Um, I always felt like I didn't know enough. And I think that the advice I would give to younger people, and I see this today, be more confident in your potential, in your skills, in your ability to learn, in your ability to pick yourself up when something doesn't go your way. And just be confident. You have a lot to offer probably in a lot of different dimensions and be confident about that. Well, is there a topic either you're trying to learn more about or you think marketers in general should be learning more about today? Yes, of course. I mean, the hot new <laughs> word is generative AI, right? Yes. That's the new buzzword. And yes, we all have a tremendous responsibility to be learning more about that every day. Now, that being said, I'm a big fan of learning. I'm a big fan of reading a white paper every single week, no matter what. Um, I do that today. I send them to my team. I'm a big reader on keeping up with what's going on in the field. Gen AI is new, exciting, has got lots of potential, but again, it's new. And we've all got to figure it out and put enough brain power and mental discipline towards understanding what it is, but more importantly, how could it apply to our business in a value-added way? And there's going to be really exciting things there, I think, in the future for us to talk about. I'm a, I'm a student on that one just like everybody else. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And we are in early days, I think, trying to figure out what is going to truly help the business, but it's going to help. It's just a matter of how. <laughs> so, well, last question for you. What is the largest opportunity or threat you see facing marketers today? I think what I would take a step back and, and say is I think the complexity of the field of marketing yeah. has exponentially grown. And you can look at that as an opportunity or a threat. I think you should look at it as you've got to be able to become a learner, a student, a change agent, and lean into things that you might need to learn in order to just become a better marketer, right? The way we targeted and reached consumers in early days that was very TV-centric today demands a different way of reaching consumers, balancing both traditional and digital media. and making sure that you are, I would say, really learning and making sure you're keeping your skills advancing and sharp is key because the complexity will always be there and it probably will only grow. And so the question is really, how can you become a marketer today that can manage that complexity and pick the right levers to do what you need to do to build your brand? And I think that's, that's a hard job today. It's very, very different than it was in the past. And I can say this because I've, I've you know, been on both sides of this. But I think that it is a huge opportunity for people to just lean into targeting consumers, being relevant with content that matters, and fundamentally getting your brands in the hands of the people who need them. I would really tell you that if you think about working on the brands at Colgate, we serve a purpose. We have a 200-plus-year company that has incredible longevity and a great brand roster. And it's our job to keep those current and in the hands of consumers to grow our business So and our penetration. So reimagining the possibilities for that, that's a super exciting place to be at Colgate Palmolive. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds exciting. Well, Brigitte, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing a little bit about your story and and all this great advice. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. It's been a real pleasure. I always, I do listen to you and I, I really <laughs> appreciate the chat and being part of it um, with you. I really appreciate the back and forth today. Hi, it's Alan again. 
Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 